evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Romans chapter 6, verses 8 through 11. Is that right? I didn't change it. Verses 12 through 14, sharing some sugar sticks and conversing about raising children. I am Molly Kingston, your producer, and joining me on the panel is Pastor Ben Kingston, Dr. Gavin Hooks, and Ryan Mayberry. Gentlemen, riddle me this. The more you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? A dump. <laughs> a dog. A dump. A dump. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're really good at these because I'm really yeah, bad at them. Yeah. Google is great at these. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay, if you are in the audience and you would like to share your own answer to this question, Without text. Without using Google. Yeah, without using Google, <laughs> text the number on the screen, and I'll give the correct answer if anyone guesses it. We encourage you to text any questions or input about all topics of discussions that we broach. As always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post, and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. And that brings us, are you still, th you're still thinking oh about yeah, it? I got, yeah, I got nothing. How about a trip? A trip? No, it is not a trip. The more you take, the more you leave behind. Is this looting in New York? I kind of like that. That's deep. Oh, okay. That's a deep answer. I like Uncle Gavin, but no. Is it looting not, in not, New York? Not the Google no, answer. not that either. Okay, moving on. All to right, moving Romans on. chapter 6. So uh, I think for what would the word be uh, understanding's sake, we probably will start with verse 11. Uh, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield ye yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace." And so, you know, obviously you got to remember uh, how we got here that we are, Paul has taken five chapters to explain uh, how a person becomes saved and what that means as a result. And so in chapter six, he's just hammering down the reality that you and I do not have to give in to sin. And um, basically... Uh, this is something that, that it, I think is very important because when you're dealing with someone who's been saved for a really long time, if they're not very advanced in their discipleship slash Christianity, it's probably because they have not bought into the reality that they do not have to sin. They've just been convinced by their, by their reality, if you will, and by their daily choices that, well, this is just kind of, you know, uh, it's the way it is. And uh, that's where you get the yeah, but. You know, the preacher says that we, we can not live a sinless life, but we can sin less. And then the person says, yeah, but. You know, it, it's really hard. Well, that's a person that has made their mind up. I'm, I'm not going to fight it. You know, I'm, they've got the pet lion, if you will, the moderate. They're trying to have moderation in the hanging, uh, and, and that's not going to happen. So sin wins when you do not take this biblical approach. And so, starting there at verse 12, so I just basically, you know, everywhere there was a comma or a period, I've divided it up into those phrases. 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. So uh, let implies that you and I have a choice. That choice is because Christ died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He completely 100% has overcome sin, the death, and the grave. And he gives that to you and I. You and I have that same authority, uh, you know, only less because we're human. Comments? Corrections? Additions? That's a good uh, place to start. Authority. Uh, who has the authority? Christ you does. Ultimately, amen. And you can yield your authority. Correct. In, in a case where you right. uh, yield to a, a temptation, you've given over, uh, over authority to that, that passion or that lust. Yeah, but it's, a, it's an all, all struggle for authority. And ultimately, giving it back to Christ is the, as an act of repentance. So th- that's very good, Brother Gavin. Let, let's camp there for a moment. Uh, the verse in uh, Ephesians 4, uh, give no place to the devil. That word place means, did somebody get it? No. Okay. Uh, the word place means jurisdiction. And so uh, what Brother Gavin has hit on there is absolutely correct. So when you were dead in your trespasses and sins, if you will, it was your property, but it was, was dead. And basically just the appetites of your flesh ruled and reigned. And then when uh, Christ shone his light and you accepted, and that's only by the grace of God that you were able to, uh, you know, receive the grace of God, uh, you are now quickened, brought to life. You've overcome through Christ. Well, now, you know, it was you that had jurisdiction originally or slash the devil and jesus now has jurisdiction because he paid for this property he created originally he lost if you will the property because of our sin uh not anything he did but because of what we did and then through his finished work on the cross he's bought back the property so when you and i give place to the devil we're giving the devil the jurisdiction in our soul One fellow, uh, I I haven't made a doctrine out of this, but I have made a practice out of it. If I'm struggling with a habitual sin, it's because I've given jurisdiction to the devil. And so uh, when I, you know, fail in that area, I not only confess the failure, I confess the giving of the place to the devil because both are a sin. And so I'm thrilled that you brought that out. That's in Ephesians chapter 4, I think 28, starting there. It's the same passage where it says, um, and it'll come to me. Basically, it's about forgiving. Um, even as Christ, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Uh, be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Well, you know, you're not going to forgive somebody that has offended you if you are giving that jurisdiction over to the devil. Now, a very interesting, again, principle. Uh, I would hesitate to call it a doctrine. Uh, but based on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, 1 through 3, it may be 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 3, but it talks about giving, uh, casting down high imaginations uh, that are against God. And he says, taking every thought into captivity and the such. Well, so I can't remember. Ed Silvo, Ed Silvoso, something along those lines, uh, another Bill Gothard you know, situation. Uh, years and years and years ago, talked about basically, he, he, he said, if you put your life in a grid and you divide it into mental, 
spiritual, social, but even more career, family, hobbies, and such. When you give place to the devil, the devil comes in and builds a stronghold there. And what does he do? He starts shooting at the next, you know, square on the grid. And before you know it, he's taking jurisdiction over your life. And, you know, how many times through your life have you thought, I'm so out of control? (laughs) How did I get here? uh, yeah, Yeah, right. How did I get here? It's because you've given place. Well, so back to this now. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. You talked last week about being a servant, you know. You're going to be a servant to one or the other. You're either going to be a servant to the devil or you're going to be a servant to God. And, and the, it's real important to, to dis- distinguish between the two because the devil demands o- obedience and, and submission. Je- Jesus does not demand. It's all an act of voluntary submission to him. Free will. And there's, it's, it's critical to, to remember that because he also equates submission and obedience to love. In, yes. in this passage of scripture, if you love me, keep my commandments. You keep my commandments. It's a, it's a choice uh, to submit and to obey. In an American culture, we have run so far away from those words. Oh my! Yeah, no, nobody's telling me what to do. Exactly. I've heard that from people in my office, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm not shooting at anybody. I, I get it. You no know? names. Yeah, as American, I mean, it's could, years could have been ago. Me. <laughs> years ago, but I mean, just just no. proclaimed it. Nobody's telling me what to do. But we've oh, lost okay. track of the fact. So we, we think that it's honorable to demand that I submit to no right. one. But what's honorable Take is a voluntarily place. submitting to someone in an act of love. Right. Submitting to one, someone or obeying someone. That's how you make a marriage work. You submit to the um, needs and the wi- the wishes of your spouse in voluntary, and not just voluntary, but almost... Jesus took it a little bit further, and he said, you, you obey my commandments, and they're not grievous to you right. in another place. So you, you have the, the kids that obey, and all right, all right. Yeah. and the spouse can do Glad the same thing. Does that. that really love? Well, if, you, if you're going <laughs> to, if it's so bothersome to you, don't, don't bother, because right. it's certainly not an act of love for you to complain about um, meeting my needs. So. Right. Anyone else? We're still, so we still good on time? Mm-hmm. What'd you say, Ryan? Not so far. All right. So, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. I, I feel like that first verse there, neither yield, he, he's indicating that you're, you're making a choice to sin. You're making a choice to yield whatever it is that you've got your you know member what involved. Do you, what do you love more? Right, right. Exactly. That's sin or God. And, and yep. so, yep. You, you've got it. I guess what I'm getting at is that when, when I memorized this passage years ago, and I need to rememorize it now, uh, it was basically brought to me that this is almost a, a service, you know, between you and God. Okay, Lord, yesterday I yielded my members as instruments of unrighteousness. Please forgive me of that. Today I'm submitting these hands to you for righteousness. I'm submitting these eyes to you. It, it's an active choice. It's really similar to putting on the armor. You know, you, you're doing it by faith. But you're, you're doing what God has asked you to do. Yield yourselves unto God. Uh, you know, and we don't think of yield as a choice, but it is 100% a choice. You, know, you think about uh, merging in that traffic. You're either going to stomp the gas pedal or you're going to slow down. You know, uh, I hardly ever yield. <laughs> I'm an offensive driver. 
and as a result, I offend people. <laughs> I'm working on that. But uh, the, the, the reality is is that w when we yield, we're, we're making a choice to take our foot off the gas pedal type thing. Hmm. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Uh, I'm sorry, but yield yourselves unto God. And as those that are alive from the dead, because we are, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Uh, you know, think about what hopefully you've done today already and going to do tomorrow. Hopefully you did acts of service, and as a result, your members of your body did acts of righteousness unto God. Again, I'm reminded of that verse, is it Ephesians, that we are his workmanship, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that there are works that he created or that he ordained eternity past for us to do today slash tomorrow. And so, you know, it, we're not going to do those if we don't yield our members to righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So, you know, I guess more than anything, we want to make sure that, you know, whether you're sitting here in these blue chairs or you're listening somewhere, you have a choice. Because of Christ, you can choose righteousness today. Because of Christ, you can choose winning in God today. Because of Christ, you can overcome today. Because of Christ, you can stop that habit today. I mean, fill in the blank. It's, it's your choice. You I know? think this also is kind of communicating that you should feel humbled by what he's done for you because it says you're not under law but under grace. So because he's not holding you to the standard of the law, he's giving you mercy instead. Therefore, you should live in this way because mm -hmm. he's cutting you so much slack. That's right. And, and, you know, Ryan, I always go back to why were we given the law? I will not be able to give you the address, but I know it's in there. Paul said in another epistle, maybe Romans, that the law was given to us as a school teacher to remind us that we're not good enough. We can't make it to heaven on our own. We're never going to be worthy. We're never going, you know, uh, there's none righteous no, not one. So uh, he gave us his grace, God's riches at Christ's expense or God's power to do his will. And so I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, now, I'm thankful for the law. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, it's necessary. It's a mirror. Mm -hmm. Lord, help. I need help. I, I need a Savior. And so, uh, you know, you ever heard the preacher say, there is a Savior and it's not you <laughs> or, or me. Uh, it's Jesus. Yeah, law, law exposes our, our flaws and tells us how far we are from God's perfectness, his perfect nature, and exposes the gap between us. You know, y'all heard me say this uh, in marital counseling. This is kind of my, you know, this is my home run bat if I need it. You know, if the husband and wife are aggravated because of how far the person hasn't come or how, you know, how far they still have to go. And so I, I, I encourage... Uh, let's just say, in most cases, it is. It's the husband that's not, you know, reaching where he needs to go according to the wife. And so I, I tell them, you know, guys, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, if you want to stay married and you want to love each other, uh, you know, wife, if you'll keep your eyes on how far he's come, and sir, if you'll get your eyes on where you need to go, you're going to have a wonderful marriage type thing. And, and both have to do their part. Well, this is the, the law shows us this is how far you still got to go. Grace says, look, but look where you, <laughs> look where you started. You know, you were headed for hell, uh, and now you're fit for heaven. So 
That's what I got. Very good. Okay. We can move on um, a little bit ahead of time, too. I had a few people text in. Uh, Randy Rayfield text in time, which is not the answer, but he said it should be. And <laughs> then uh, Layla text in love, which is a good answer, but is also not the one I'm looking for. Larry Dickens comes in with the winning answer at footsteps. So the more you take, the more you leave behind. Look there. Oh, see, it's kind of along the good. lines of the truth. Yes. Yes. I do you like how we yeah. usually get five or six right answers, but they're always counted as wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the question of the riddle, though, is like, which one are you really looking for? Right, you right, can right, right. probably justify a hundred mm. different ones. Sure. But according to my sources, the answer is footsteps. Cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Layla said you probably Googled it. <laughs> no cheating. We said that. We're going to trust Layla's that you did it. Okay. So uh, granddaughter's accusing grandpa exactly. of uh, Googling it. I don't know. So sugar sticks is this week's first break. What is something that makes life sweet? I'll go first. I'll say having a family. It yeah. seems like something that should be so obvious you don't even need to say it, but these days you, you have to say the obvious. You so. have to say it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it I think also these days we're seeing a lot of people live in life without families. Yeah, they, so they think it's doomed to failure, so they don't even try mm -hmm. so many times, and I'm here to tell you it's not. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, I won't say the name. Uh, he's a little edgy, but a guy I listen to quite a bit, probably a couple, three times a week, did that very thing. He, his latest deal on YouTube uh, was family time. And he just basically shared what him and his family do. I think he's got two teenage-ish boys. And um, th that once a week, they get together. And, and it, you know, it doesn't matter what else anybody else is doing. It, when I call a family meeting, we come together. You know, and, and he had... Now, I, you know, it, it, and he even said, that I, I'm not talking about, you know, eating a meal together. But th that was family time for the Kingston Five back in the day. Because, uh, you know, Dad and Mom didn't do it the way Dawn and I do it, but, but we, we talked. We talked about our day. We talked about what's coming up. And, and we, we knew every night it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't okay not to be there, you know. Uh, even when you were driving, you, you're going to be at dinner, you know, uh, if you want a place to sleep, you know. And so amen to that. Good stuff. Who else has one? You got one? Sugar stick? Yeah. I, I d Probably the worst thing that could happen to me was to get into YouTube, and I, I've just fallen into the cracks of YouTube. Yes, and, and, and it's, it's been in a good way. I haven't, I haven't erred necessarily in in getting involved in something I think is just morally wrong. But the resources for anything are infinite. Mm -hmm. There, if you want to, I was looking up uh, how to draw out a floor plan, and it's got a million different videos on how to draw out a floor plan. Right, tips on and free software that you can get I, i'm just if you want to learn to code harvard has their whole computer science program on youtube you can you can anything learn it like all that <laughs> if you want to you know google how to do a back surgery on a dog not that i've ever done that i'm not, not saying i've done that you can go in or would you recommend it <laughs> <laughs> my dog's been no, limping a little bit no. recently <laughs> yeah you, you might just talk hone to up on some youtube <laughs> i always wanted to try that i, I watched it twice <laughs> yeah twice <laughs> It even stopped at a time or two. Uh, I want to save my sugar stick. Because if, if, you only allotted we two minutes We have time. 
We're still going to say it. We're not moving on until 25. That's why I said we have time. So okay. my, um, just a little bit more on mine, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, please, Uncle Gavin, please. please. So uh, <laughs> the, the sugar stick that I've fallen into now is apologetics on YouTube. I mean, they just kind of, yeah. everybody's all on YouTube. Frank Turk. Frank Turk's on there. Uh, then people are commenting on Frank Turk. Then people are commenting I'm on I'm getting Frank into Turk. the comments. Yeah, yeah the guys I used to think I'd never do because I don't care section. what you think, you know, type thing. But dogs, it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good I've stuff. even commented a time <clears throat> or two. <clears throat> and uh, they've got... Not Genesis. on Frank Turk, but it was a hunting video. <clears throat> hey, but it's his turn. <laughs> no, I, I plan on doing the same thing to him, Molly, so don't know worries. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the, the, the almost the entire video set of Is Genesis History with Del Tackett is Ooh, on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so I've fallen into that too. So, uh, what was the name of his uh, thing that we did here? Truth, the Truth Project. Truth Project. Yeah. If you've not been exposed to the Truth Project, it's really, really. It's good. worth it. Yeah, I just bought the set, so maybe we should plan on another. I so the video. A watch set. party. No, that was Craig. I think oh. Craig, Craig has a, uh, the the video set. Yeah. So it's good stuff. It is great stuff. Do Do you know? Did he? Uh, Update it. Uh, in other so words, is it brand new? I don't think so. Okay. I think this. Uh, I've, I've got a grandson. So it's kind of nineteen ninety. I want to get all this stuff. Early two thousand. <laughs> okay, my sugar stick is a children's our children's capacity to laugh at anything, and and not just anything, but like even like the most simplest of things, and then the fact that laughter is also like the medicine of life, and so it when they're easy to laugh, it's much easier for us to laugh. And they really like it when you hurt yourself. Yes. <laughs> What's so funny about that? It's not them. <laughs> I yes. guess. He's so stupid. <laughs> That's what they're thinking, you know. We're referring back to YouTube, they had a, when people heard the first sound, they got the cochlear yeah. implants. Oh, my gosh, makes me and, cry every and time. And then said some babies, and the, uh, one of the, the baby's siblings just got the implants, and the, the sibling, one of the siblings walked up and said, Hi, I'm your sister. Can you hear me? And she just busted out laughing, belly laughing. It was hilarious. That's awesome. Anyway. Aw, that's cute. Okay. YouTube, not going to say. You got two minutes, Dad. Th okay, that reminds me of the fella that had lost his hearing. He was very, very, very hard of hearing. And, he, you know, he was approaching death type thing. And so, uh, but, but he wasn't dead yet. And everybody just, they just pretended and, and figured that Grandpa couldn't hear anything. Well, one day he decided to go to the doctor because he had watched TV and saw the little words that saying that these were brand new hearing aids and they were the best ever. So he went and he got him some new hearing aids. When, when he went back to the doctor three weeks later for the follow-up visit, the doctor's like, well, what do you think? He said, it's amazing, doctor. I can hear everything. And he said, well, what does your family think? Oh, I haven't told them, but I've changed the will three times. <laughs> <laughs> There's my sugar stick. <laughs> no, it's not. I can read what it is right now. It's your iPad. Oh. Uh, our mystery topic. We need the wheel. I believe it's between me and Ryan. Or is I, I said so. Gavin, but you I thought... You said I Gavin, I didn't but I didn't share my You did your prepping, yeah. 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 We're so not prepping. You I prepping. very loosely prepared. You're getting real close to being slapped. Uh-oh. Okay. So I had, I had something picked out, but I'm not sure I'm going to do it anymore. <laughs> You gonna make me do my sugar stick for the mystery topic? No, um, I had one about aliens just because I couldn't think of anything else, and that's just what was like. 
I don't know. I watch a lot of conspiracy theorists, and so that's what I've been looking at. But I don't want to talk YouTube. about aliens. Uh, I actually had we had a text from Larry before the thing started today, and I kind of wanted to talk about it. It's in these statements, which one would be the hardest to live by? Um, so would it be harder to living one day at a time or enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world, or as it is, not as I would have it. So I know that's a lot of things to take in. So there's we can break it down Was to like the first two. There's, I think, five, actually. Yeah. Um, so living one day at a time or enjoying one moment at a time, which one would you think would be the hardest to live by? One moment at a time would be the hardest. Yeah. i got to have a little bit of a plan. Oh, yeah, so you're thinking day. it would be like yeah. you, you're just kind of rolling with it. Yeah. Instead of, because like to me, enjoying one moment at a time doesn't mean you you can have a plan. Yeah. As long as they're scheduled, I could do that. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So like at this moment, you're enjoying this thing. <laughs> so so I, th I think that what what they're asking is the the do you wh which comes easier for you? Is that what we're asking? No. What would be the hardest to live by? So oh. is it harder to live one day at a time, or is it harder to enjoy one moment at a time? So about minutes versus the whole day. Yeah be hard for me to do the minute thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, I would choose the one day at a time. Slightly uh, adult onset ADD there too. So. Right. right. <laughs> I'm thinking ahead. Right, you're not enjoying this moment because you're thinking about the next one coming. Okay. Okay. You're thinking ah. though one day at a time is the hardest, harder one for you, Dad. No, I, I, I'm saying that taking the moment by moment is harder. Oh, okay. But I think it would be better, you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think that predisposes that you can plan. You know, you're still going to plan. You can still enjoy you're enjoying enjoy the, the moment that you planned. Right, exactly. But can you plan anything if you're currently enjoying the moment? <laughs> sure, you can. We we are we're amazing creatures. <laughs> God has just designed an amazing, uh, you know, biological computer. Uh, I'm I'm thinking through my day to day and I was my too, day today. Kind of how I fell was they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like correct, you can, you can just live the day and enjoy the moment at the same right. time. Right. But she's asking you to choose. She's asking. <laughs> well, you, you don't. Choose, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> this is Larry's asking you to choose. <laughs> okay. Then the other two. Well, we have three. But accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world. As it is, not as I would have it. So those are the last three what was phrases. The first one. So accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. What was the third one? <laughs> okay, as it is, not as I would have it. So kind so of like the, the world as it is, not not as I would have it. Yeah. yeah. So the, sec the second and third are pretty close to the same. I, the last one, the world as it is, and as well, it is. Well, the last one is reality. Yeah. And and maturity forces you to. Hey, this, this is where we're at. Yeah. You know. I, I but feel I like I couldn't just leave it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't, couldn't. I, I spent a life weighing in, so. Right. Couldn't just leave it as it is. I think accepting hardships would be harder because it's personal. Because either way, it's reality. Mm -hmm. But it's if it's a hardship on yourself, it's more personal and be harder to accept in the moment. I mean, you could see afterwards how it would lead to greater things, but. So I think that would be the harder of the two because you're not going. Nobody can fix the world. As soon as people start trying to fix the world with these grand ideas, that's when all yeah. kinds of <laughs> problems come out. Right. Yeah. 
I, I, there's so many nuances that you can. Yeah. You know, sure. Yeah. I don't think there's a straightforward answer correct, to correct. this at all. Uh, the taking as he did the sinful world, I mean, immediately when I saw that, I was like, well, that's probably the hardest. Because I, I don't think we can take the sinful world as Christ did onto right. ourselves. Yeah, sure. we, we were part of the sinful world that mm. he took upon right. himself. Right. We're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But, but I, the, you know, the hardship thing, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's, not the, it's not the good times that grow us. It's, it's the hard times, you know. And so even though, again, none of us would sign up for it, none of us want them, the reality is is that in those dark, growing seasons, there's hardships. And I can't remember where it's at, but it doesn't the Bible say to rejoice in the chastenings of the you, Lord? You bet. First James. Mm-hmm. First chapter James. We're in that right now. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Okay. We still have eight minutes. So aliens, are they possible? Absolutely. Sure, sure. Uh, This is, you know, I think most alien situations are in reality demons. Uh, I think also that whatever alien life form is out there, they are under God's, you know, control, power, probably on a different planet that has a a similar gospel, you know, and the such. you know, I, I never have bought into the narrative of that every alien is advanced, <laughs> you know, and, and light years ahead of us, so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, I, I've yet, I mean, I, I got, I'm going to have to, I'm from Missouri, I'm going to have to see one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to poke its scaly flesh before I really believe, you know. <laughs> Who uh, says they have scales? Have you seen one? I'm just figuring. That's just Hollywood's <laughs> depictions of them. I don't see any reason that there yes, I, couldn't be. Aliens. Whatever's on Hollywood is true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see any reason that there couldn't be. But my question is, if they're on this planet millions of light years away or whatever, and they have this advanced technology and they're flying through space like on Star Trek, why is it that every time they get over Earth, they run out of gas and crash here? Isn't that the <laughs> truth? They're always dead. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Arizona. Yeah. It's Arizona it's every a, time. Yep, goes goes on. And why yeah. are they attracted to cornfields? I really don't understand <laughs> that either. Uh, maybe they're hungry. Do you think there's any biblical basis no. for aliens? I do not. Well, That's I'm just curious, too, because of your, your demon comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think if a demon manifested right here, we, you know, alien might come to mind, you know, uh, in the such. Um, because I think, as a general rule, we have the same response you know, to an alien, we're like, ooh, ooh, you know, we're, we're both scared to death and, and interested at the same time, you know. And, uh, I mean, I would love to see um, a manifestation of an angel, you know. I really don't want to see a manifestation of a demon, but I, I want to see a manifestation of an angel. I want to see what they look like and the such. We'll, we'll get there sooner or later because we're all going to die. But um, I, I think that if, you know, if you've read uh, This Present Darkness, uh, or any of uh, Peretti, Frank Peretti's books, pretty interesting stuff. And and if that's you know if, if those types of things became manifested uh, where you could see them, I think you, then you would go, yeah, that's not too far of a leap to think that uh, what most people would say is an alien in reality is probably just a demon. And I, I don't think there's anything in this universe that would negate any of God's word, Correct. grace, or love. Correct. Yeah, and I've, uh, I've heard Christians truth. argue against aliens on that basis is that it makes us less special somehow, but that doesn't yeah, really make any sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy into that. Yeah. 
Just because there is another species doesn't make yeah, us so any less valuable in God's eyes. And, and if they did show up today and land in the parking lot, it wouldn't change any of my beliefs. Mm. I mean, it, yeah. God still has sovereignty over the universe. Mm. And right. It just expands them, right? Like, right. okay, so we're not the only ones he's right. created. He's, he's done awesome. more than just us. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Those were all my questions for the mystery topic. I just sent Brad a text, so I'm not sure if you got it, but I was going to see if we could do the Wheel of Names again for our next break, which is Devil's Advocate. So let me just kind of explain what I was thinking here, is that we would come with our topic, and we are going to defend our topic against all of the panel who will try to play the Devil's Advocate. Who has to take the opposite viewpoint. Yes. Now, of course, I you put my name up there. Okay, well, we'll spin it. I wanted to explain mine, but we'll spin it and see if I'm picked, and then I'll explain mine. Because, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And, okay, so, because I'm not really sure if we're going to argue mine, but when I was looking up this, this topic, I was trying to find, like, silly topics, because yeah. I knew that we would probably have a little bit of serious ones, sure. and I was trying to find something with levity. What I ended up finding is that playing devil's advocate is a way for white privileged men to dismiss the real life experiences of the marginalized. <laughs> I cannot, however, defend that stance, but that's what I wrote down for my thing. So I'm really hoping that you guys brought some good things <laughs> to talk about, because I could not find a silly one uh, nowhere. Well, yeah, so uh, that's why I saved my sugar stick. Kay. Okay. My sugar stick is going to be my devil's advocate. Oh. Uh, once saved... Always saved. Argue me. Argue, argue against that. Against it. Once saved, always saved. Eternal security. So you're telling me you you can get saved and then go to the east side and live like the devil, and you're still saved. You you you're still uh, going to go to heaven and and kill a few people while you're over there. Commit some right. So if crimes. Hitler what if accepted he, he Jesus a, before he started the Holocaust. He was saved while he was in charge of the Holocaust. You, you're telling me he'd be in heaven? No, I'm not telling you that because that's not what once saved, always saved means. It's not what eternal security means. Okay, uh, It doesn't mean that you can word a prayer just for the purpose of going to heaven with no absolute intention of loving God and the such and live like the devil. It's not a pass out of hell. It's not a rabbit's foot, so on and so forth. It is a personal love relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you that if you are saved, you're not going to do those things. You shall know them by their fruit. Yeah. There, there's always that argument. Right. That, that they weren't really saved if they Correct. did it. Correct. In fact, I think it proves that they are not saved if they do those things. It, it proves that because th this is true. And, and this is something that when I had to argue this with the meat cutter that tried to get me saved again. Uh, he, he struggled with this. Not every person that says they're saved is saved. You know, okay, I'm an apple tree. Does that make me an apple tree? No, you know. And so a person that has a personal love relationship with Jesus Christ, they are still going to struggle, but they're not going to, quote, unquote, live like the devil because we have other verses that prove that if you practice these things, you know, your home is hell. You so heaven. what about those that verse that I can't remember the reference to, but it says, 
that those people who commit such and such sins, it lists the ones that God attests and then says that the people who commit these sins habitually will not enter the kingdom of heaven. What's your response to that if you can once saved, always saved? Yeah, it proves those people were never saved. How can you assume that they're not saved, though? Because the scripture just said if they... If they do these things, they're going to hell. So, so because you are saved, but you still sin, does that mean that someone could argue that you're not saved because you're still committing sins on a habitual basis? Am I? I don't know you personally. <laughs> we, we know <laughs> the details, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and really, honestly, you're proving my point. The, the scripture is very clear. You let the clear interpret the cloudy. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, not of works. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Uh, then you got Ephesians 1.13. Uh, when after, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So, Scripture vehemently proves eternal security. So this verse over here cannot contradict that verse. It explains the other side of it. So a person that habitually kills people, a person that habitually practices fill in the blank on that particular, and there's like five of those verses. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul made those lists pretty popular. Uh, and, and he was pretty, in other words, he, you know, he, he didn't really expand it. it. It was the same thing every time type, type deal. Uh, a, and so with that said, these people, if they continue to practice this sin, that they are not a Christian uh, because you cannot lose your salvation according to Scripture. So the writer of Hebrews, this is the one that always comes up. Sure. Uh, it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection, I'm probably reading too much there, um, of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we do, if God permit, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted of the good works of God and the powers of the world to come, if they fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to open shame. What does that mean? We're going to discuss that in a different segment. Oh. <laughs> it, no, you're right. That that is that That's is the absolutely worst. The the worst. Uh, and when I preached through Hebrews, or at least those sections, you know, I, I dealt with that. Um, the the so again, you're testing my memory now. Um, essentially, this is Paul uh, referring to uh, the Jews of that day, and and that more than declaring he's explaining why uh, and, and the taste is not salvation the taste is an understanding and so he's explaining why they're not going to come to faith and that is is because they they saw almost believed and then chose not to you know the verse that says the spirit of God will not always strive with man and again, I want to stress that this is a, a biblical concept and important. The clear has to interpret the cloudy. If it's clear, and I believe 100% it is, that you cannot lose your salvation, it cannot be saying that. It's saying something else. And so you need to, 
you know, the, the problem, of course, is that the folks on the other side of this argument, they believe the same thing about their argument. You know, they believe that the word of God is very clear, that you can lose your salvation. So these other verses, you know, have to mean something else. You know, I, for me, uh, 113 is the home run uh, that, you know, you and I have been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. It, it, it's quite an act of hubris and pride to think that we can unseal ourselves from God. And to have the earnest of the Holy Spirit Correct. Uh, defaulted or, right. or lost. Right. Um, so the, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I mean, essentially, against you. he's an Indian giver, you know, is what we right. would say 30, and 40 years ago. Once uh, he's put a piece of you in, in piece of himself into you, right. then he's not, not going to renege on that. All right. Very good. Uh, make sure that you guys, Gavin and Ryan, keep your debates because we're going to do this again but we're going to go ahead and move on to our last segment which we are talking about the book have a new kid by friday by dr kevin lehman so just uh, fyi ryan might actually have a new kid by friday we're getting closer so <laughs> we are getting closer not, just not, not, not quite that close. Well, within not a month here yeah. okay yeah, we don't want him by friday for Lord sure help. <laughs> <laughs> just in about so seven when, when's the due date november 5th yeah, yeah. come on grandpa settle yeah. down yeah. let's go Bring it. All right. Uh, so why little Buford is misbehaving? Uh, first of all, uh, in this book, uh, so we've already dealt with the introduction. And so the first chapter is Monday. And so... You mean you know, you're not going to sing the song? Um, oh, sing the song. <laughs> the little Buford song about him misbehaving? Oh, I can. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Al Fike. I thought you were gonna. Mama, don't whip little Buford. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll do that some other time. Uh, that's funny, Molly. That you, you probably find it on YouTube. Oh, I guarantee you. Do. It. <laughs> I guarantee you. Uh, so, um, <laughs> little Buford uh, misbehaving. Uh, page twenty-six. Page twenty-six. Uh, he's listing the reasons why little Buford is misbehaving. So, first of all. Parents aren't exercising their authority. Now, this is something that, that he's big on. He, he, he's begging, uh, and so is the Holy Spirit and the Bible and the church. He's begging parents to take their rightful, loving authority over their children. And, and he explains that uh, in this page. Uh, then on page 27, he's saying, we make excuses for them and blame ourselves. This, so this is where, you know, little Susie didn't get her homework done. So mom or dad, when the teacher, you know, says this is why she got an F in this assignment. Oh, no, 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 don't, you don't understand that. that. That's our fault. We didn't get her home quick enough, you know, last night or, or dinner was late. I mean, whatever. They're making excuses for their kids. They're blaming themselves. Y you can see how, I mean, good Navy. You know, uh, I was not raised like this. Uh, I don't know that my mom or dad ever took, you know, a blame for something that I did. And, and you know, my dad had a phrase, that's on you. You know, that, that's on you. And, and uh, it's so true. We're not helping our children when we don't teach them to take responsibility for their failures. Comments? There's some uh, social pressures uh, against that. So... In, in today's America, there are just so many broken homes 
that one parent's trying not to be meaner than the That's other a good parent. Point. So there's a it's lot a of very pressure to point. not to put any rules up, not to be hard on the. So so, and I, I think kids see that. Oh That's a really. That's a good lever for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, you know, Dad lets me do that. Right. Yeah, I can have soda before I go to bed. Yeah, and everywhere you look, it's people pressuring parents into giving into their kids, mm -hmm. and you can see the results of that. Like, you know, in with the the trans movement specifically, the kid oh my. thinks that they're one way, and the parent doesn't have a backbone. They don't stand up and tell them no. You must affirm them. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah and th these lawmakers are coming out and saying, you know, you don't love your child if you don't affirm what they're saying. That's your job. That was I forget who said it, but I saw a video clip last week of this lady gets up and she's in front of this big group of people. She's got the mic and she's saying, you know, it's your job as a parent to affirm your child. Well, that's not your job. That's not your no. job. No. Uh, and, and it's very dangerous. I, okay, if that's true, they need to quit telling us to put our firearms up safely. What if my child wants to play with the well, firearms? That's up to them. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that, that's ridiculous. There's a thousand mm -hmm. things like right, that. Right, right. You, you take it to the extreme and all of a sudden, and they've taken it to the and extreme. And they have taken it, and, and it doesn't make any sense. I, I read it on uh, this author, uh, supposedly, uh, talking about, you know, she's upset because her book is getting banned uh, and because she wrote about a, a little fourth grader that she's okay with her sexuality being a girl, but everyone around her thinks that she's a boy. And, you know, the book explores all of that. Well, the book is being taken out of fourth grade libraries, which, which it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And her response was, uh, I'm so sick and tired of these adults talking about adult rights. There are human rights. <laughs> and these little fourth grade humans should have the right to make the decision about their gender. Well, no. They have no know, clue. They have no clue. That's right. And, and that's why parents are given to children to give them a clue, to help them understand and to such. Uh, so next we see, uh, you know, as a result of parents exercise, not exercising their authority, as a result of parents making excuses and blaming themselves, uh, look at uh, that same page 27, then paragraph 4, kids see this and buy in. Uh, every child is a smart little sucker, uh, Kevin says, and he has a predictable strategy. In the daily trial and error game designed to get the best of you, he's motivated to win because then you'll do anything he says. That means if he tries something and it works, he'll try it again. But he'll ramp up the efforts a little. Instead of simply crying when he doesn't get his treat, he'll add a little kicking too. Uh, and if the slamming the door doesn't cause you to go trotting after your teenage daughter to hand over the key, car keys like she wanted, she'll be more dramatic the next time she wants them. Children are masters at manipulation. Don't think they're not manipulating you. Now, one interesting thing, years and years ago now, uh, this fellow, he's, he's now in heaven, but he was a child psychologist, and uh, he did, you know, seminars on raising children. And uh, I, I'm not recommending this. I'm just telling you what he did. Uh, his teenage daughter would slam the door when she didn't get her, you know, way. So he went out and got the tools, and he removed the door. And he said, a door is not a right. It's a privilege. You prove to me that you can obey and, and act right, you'll get the door back. You know, and, and now, you know, he got the understandable pushback. Hey, it's a girl. You're making her undress. No, no. I mean, she has a bathroom. A bathroom and a corner of a room. 
go to the corner of a room. I'm not going to, you know, creeper uh, in such of that nature. Uh, so I, I just I think that's interesting. It reminded me of a story I heard on Dobson one time, but but a boy that was just a bully to every. <laughs> to, the dentist. To, to de was it the dentist? Is that what it was? It was a doctor's office, and he said, "I'm going to take my clothes off if you don't." Doctor said, "Okay, take yeah. your clothes off." He kid stripped him naked. He naked. Took, his, took his clothes away from him. Called his parents to come get him. <laughs> Yeah, so, so after he did the work, the kid said, okay, I want my clothes back. He said, uh-uh. And, and he made that kid walk to his car, buck naked. And his mom called the doctor the next day, and he thought, well, here we go. He said, I'm so thankful. Uh, he's been a different kid, and you know, because he's been bullying me for weeks, years probably. Was that on Dobson? It was on it Dobson. Was Dobson, yeah. yeah. Uh, the good stuff. All right, page 28. Uh, guys, we're just working through Have a New Kid uh, by Friday on day Monday. Everything your child does is for a reason. And so there was this particular uh, Dr. Alfred Adler. He coined the phrase, purposive nature of the behavior. So the behavior has a purpose. The child knows exactly what they're doing. And then uh, page 29, paragraph 2, good news, what children learn, they can unlearn. And this was my dad telling me, well, you can get happy in the same pants you got mad in. You can unlearn what you learn. At any point, guys, just jump in. Uh, so 29, paragraph 2, good news. Uh, we said that. Uh, children are like wet cement, one person said. Uh, let's see here. Find that. Moldable and impressionable. She couldn't be more right, uh, Kevin Lehman says. Children are malleable. Up to a point. But as they grow, their cement hardens. That's why the earlier you can start addressing your child's attitude, behavior, and character, the better. Uh, and that's coming in page, on page I'm sorry, uh, next week uh, on Chapter Tuesday. We're going to get into the ABCs, attitude, behavior, and character. Uh, the problem with training is that it takes time. Parents today don't have time and don't make time. Some kids spend most of their days in what I call kitty kennels, daycare then they spend their late afternoon and we're not we're not bashing daycare if you have to have it amen uh just understand you still have a responsibility to train your child when you're around them uh their late afternoon and evening time in multiple programs gymnastics choir baseball etc we had dawn and i a very positive experience it wasn't daycare but it was pre-kindergarten so you know in a large way it was similar to daycare and uh, we were having a lot of difficulty with uh, the tornado, uh, Tony. And uh, one day, he came home from after preschool, and we had been shocked that the teachers said, he's great, he's doing it. What? He is? He's great? You know, because he's not that way at home. And uh, one day, he said, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. And we went, "What? where'd you hear that? Pre-K. Okay, pal. That's the... That goes for here, too. And he's the like, golden oh. rule now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Page 30. This uh, section just reminds me, uh, it's almost like Lehman has written an art of the deal for parents. Know, know, knowing where your leverage points are, yeah. using those leverage points. It, it, you don't have to use them, but right. they're there if you need to use them. And you're, you've got a behavior that just is getting ingrained or is just over the top. Insane. I, and that's something I like about this book too. It's not just specifically for children necessarily. It's just human nature. It's just yeah. right. It's just exploring. Oh, this will work with somebody. It, he even says that it, yeah. it'll work with billionaires, CEOs. On, yeah. you know, CEOs, CEOs and stuff like that. I think it is very important 
to ask your question, what he, you know, what he's asking is like, why? Why are they doing it? In school, we have that behavior plans. And the first step of the behavior is to find out why the child is acting the way they are right. acting. And because it's, it's the whole thing of instead of working with the symptoms of the problem, you're working with the actual problem, the right. cause of the problem, so that we can diagnose it and actually cure it and not just live with it. And if you can communicate to them that you know why they're doing it, then right. they're like, oh, okay, well, he understands. Right. Very That's good. Awesome. Uh, Thirty, uh, Paragraph two, if you do not pay attention to your child, the child ups the ante by going to the revenge stage. Many children, he says, who proceed to the revenge stage are headed towards the beginning of a rap sheet. So you, you got to nip it in the bud. Uh, don't fall for the power struggle. Children are creatures of habit. That's why parents with younger children will have an easier time with this training. But it's still important to understand why the child has gotten to where they have gotten. If you have a child that has already been trained to act a certain way, you have to retrain your child. So then on page uh, 33, uh, 4 and 5, you establish your authority by saying what you want done once and sticking to it. So, because we're probably getting close yeah. to out of time, let, let me wrap it up with this. What to do on Monday. Observe what's going on in your house. What areas in your relationship with your child really bother you. Think about how you'd like things to change. Decide to take the bull by the horns. Expect great things to happen. So that's Monday. Very good. All right, Ryan, you have the Proverbs or Psalms for us today. All right, uh, keeping with the theme, I chose Proverbs 13, 24. It says, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Amen. I don't think there's anything wiser you can do than associate at a young age bad behavior and poor choices with pain. Mm -hmm. right. However you do that. Because life will do it eventually, so might as well get into it. much bigger yeah. paddle, mm -hmm. much bigger paddle. All right, very good. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Make sure you invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives to next week and share the word on all of your socials. Thank you guys and good night. Thanks, good night. everybody.